Today we're continuing our our sermon series on Easter words, focusing each week on a word that has a special significance in the season of Easter, in which we celebrate the new life we have in Christ. Last week we explored the word shepherd, reflecting on how Christ as our good shepherd knows, guides, and gathers us into one flock. Today we continue in John's Gospel to look at another word that has special significance on this side of Easter and resurrection, and that word is vine. I invite you to listen now with open hearts and minds as we encounter God's word together from the 15th chapter of John's Gospel, beginning with the first verse. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. This is the word of the Lord, and thanks be to God. If you're a sports fan like me, you probably had at least one eye on the NFL draft this weekend, whether you're watching every pick of the first round Thursday night or you were following via Twitter or the ESPN app like I was to see who the Redskins picked or, or like me, who the Packers picked. What I find fascinating about the NFL draft is that for one weekend, all 32 teams come together in one place. And these teams that are at battle with each other during the season are reminded of their connection together as fellow teams in the league as they make selections and and pick rookies for the coming season. These teams that normally are trash-talking one another, well, that probably still happens this weekend, but more often than not, or more than any other time of the year, these teams are working together, making deals, working alongside each other so that each team can draft the players they need to fill out their team. I've always thought that sports have an interesting way of bringing people together, even if they're on opposing sides. Last winter, we watched the uh, Winter Olympics opening ceremonies as the different nations marched in pride, waving their flags. And then we were in awe as we witnessed North and South Korea marching together. In a deeply divided and polarized world, sports seem to have a unique way of bringing us together, remembering our common bond with our fellow humans, even if just for a fleeting moment. Our second lesson and our Easter word today, vine, are all about finding such a shared connection. This reading comes in the middle of what scholars call John's farewell discourse, which is a lengthy speech covering about four chapters where Jesus is essentially telling his followers goodbye before his arrest, and he seeks to prepare them for what is to come next. Our reading begins by Jesus saying, I am the vine. 
If you weren't with us last week, know that whenever we hear Jesus say, I am, we're supposed to pay special attention. Because here, when he says, I am, he is aligning himself with God's own identity and purpose. Because I am is the personal name of God in the Old Testament. It's the name that was revealed to Moses at the burning bush. This is actually the last I am statement of the many in John. Well, it's the last I am statement with something after it. For you grammar geeks or maybe the English teachers for WPS, this is the last I am statement with a predicate nominative. So far, Jesus has said, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door, the good shepherd, the way, the truth, and the life, the resurrection and the life, and now finally, I am the true vine. All of these statements are relational. They're things that connect us with God and one another. And so in this last I am statement, we see Jesus bring all of these together. Vines were a common understood image in Jesus' day of first century Palestine. Grape growing and wine making was a decent part of their agrarian economy. In fact, the vineyard was an image for Israel and the people of God itself in the Old Testament, with God as the vine grower, the tender of the fields. The ancient city, uh, Carmel, and the couple of cities in the U.S. named after it, their name actually means the vineyard of God. This is a prevalent image throughout the Old Testament, that the people of God were a vineyard and God was the vine grower. Everyone in John's audience knew uh, what vine growers know that the best grapes are produced closest to the central vine. Because of this, the lateral branches need to be pruned and maintained so they don't become tangled and withered. In order to have a fruitful crop, the farmer needs to keep the branches tended closely. The image here, which is one that's echoed from the Old Testament, is clear. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. God is the grower. I think we have a tendency to read Jesus' words here in this whole passage as a statement of judgment. And to be fair, it does sound a bit judgy. Plucking, pruning, casting out unfruitful branches, it can have a a judging sound to it. But when we have this understanding of how vines are grown and maintained, we see that it's really language of staying connected. As in, the farther we go from the vine, the less fruitful we'll be. The imperative then here is to stay in relationship, to embrace this connection to the vine, to Christ, but also to embrace this connection to the other branches, to one another. It's a reminder that we bear good fruit when we remain connected, when we abide to the vine, to Christ, but also when we remain connected, when we abide with one another. Back in the late first century when John was writing his gospel, his community was facing what I would call a crisis of connection. John wrote to a community of displaced Jewish Christians. Because of their faith in Christ, they recently found themselves expelled from their synagogues, shunned by their communities, and perhaps even shunned by their own families if they had differing views in their uh, beliefs of Jesus as Lord. So this community was lacking connection. The connection they had known all their lives had been taken from them, and now they were in isolation. 
They were in a crisis of connection. They were desperately seeking where to turn, where to find community. Now, we may not have had the same, we may not have the same concerns as John's first century community, but I would argue that we too today have a crisis of connection in the world in which we live. As the gospel reminds us, we long for community. We're wired for it. We're wired for connection. In one sense, we are more connected today than ever before in human history. With a little phone in my pocket, I can take it out and message friends from childhood, from college, from previous cities in which I lived, even though we're separated by hundreds, even thousands of miles. But the world in which we live today seems to have become so divided and polarized So much so that we have created our own echo chambers where we only interact with those who think like we do. A congregation I'm familiar with recently started to address this crisis of connection by hosting forums on divisive topics in their community, bringing in outside or uh, uh, various views that they might have a fruitful conversation. They provocatively uh, titled this forum, Can We Even Talk? I think this title is such a truth in the world we live today. Can we even talk with those who have differing views than us? From what we've learned recently uh, with, with scandals with Facebook and others, we've learned about their algorithms and that technology has only increased this divide, these echo chambers. We may not have the experience of being driven from our community, but we too face a crisis of connection. That we are wired for community, yet for a number of reasons, we, by and large, are unable to find it. There was an a interesting post making its rounds uh, online around Holy Week that I found a colleague write. It said this, No one ever talks about the miracle that Jesus was a grown man and was able to maintain 12 close friendships. Strikes a chord today, I think. Thankfully, Jesus' image of himself as the true vine is not a passage of judgment. It's a passage of grace and encouragement. And this is something I think only becomes clear in the resurrection. The Easter reality of this image of the vine is that because of the resurrection, we are all connected. We are all linked to the true vine. But we're also linked to one another in Christ, our common vine. This was good news to John's community in the midst of their isolation and disconnection. They're not in this whole Christian thing on their own, nor can they be even if they wanted to. There's nothing they can do to lose this connection. Jesus, as the vine, calls us into a relationship of deep and abiding love with himself, but also of deep and abiding love with one another. This image calls the community to be based on mutuality and interdependence. Just as they need connection and relationship with Christ, they also need one another. We bear fruit by remaining connected, what John describes as abiding love with Christ and one another. Without this connection to Christ and each other, we simply cannot bear fruit. The Easter reality of Jesus as the vine and us as linked to both the vine and the branches I think it's both a comfort to us in our own crisis of connection today, but it's also a challenge. It calls us out of our own echo chambers to seek connection, to grow in relationship with God and one another. 
that we too might nurture and sustain relationships of mutuality and interdependence. Whether we want to be or not, our, our lesson reminds us that we are connected to everyone in Christ. Even those we consider odd, even those with whom we disagree about everything. Bearing good fruit, abiding in Christ's love, means remaining connected to the vine and our fellow branches. Christ calls us to seek connection across party lines, social strata, any other human boundaries we've created to separate ourselves from one another. The Easter reality, friends, of this image of the vine is that we are a connected people. One of my favorite things about the Presbyterian Church is our insistence that we are a connectional church. We are intentional that what we do at WPC here never stays limited to our walls, but rather it's something that seeks connection with the community and world around us. Within our denomination, we seek connection with fellow churches within our presbytery, synod, and general assembly. But it cannot end there. It never ends there. We are also to seek connection with those of other denominations and traditions, even seek to work with those of other faiths and those without faith, that we might find common goals of improving the community and the world in which we live. Today, I think it's especially significant with our theme that we are celebrating the connection between our congregation and the Warrington Presbyterian School. Like Jesus' image of the vine and the branches, our ministries are inseparably linked uh, as uh, we share not just a building, but we share a common mission of sharing Christ's love with our community around us. Friends, Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. God is the vine grower. On this side of the resurrection, we are inseparably connected with Christ and one another, whether we want to be or not. Christ instructs us to abide in his love, that we might abide in our love for each other. We'll dive more into the word abide as our Easter word next week, but for now let us seek to find new ways to connect with each other, even and perhaps especially with those with whom we disagree. May we bear good fruit by remaining close to the vine, by sharing this love and hope to our community and world who long for such life-changing connection. All authority and power and dominion be to the name that is above all names, Jesus Christ our Lord, now and in the age to come. Amen.